0: Praise God. Hallelujah. God bless you this morning. I'm Pastor Tuck and welcome to the word at my church. If this is your first time joining us, we want you to know you're in exactly the right place. You're exactly where God wants you to be. So I want to encourage you to share this broadcast with at least three people because as believers, we have a mandate to spread the gospel of Christ all over the world. We are a teaching ministry with a mission to help people get better by teaching them how the word works. So go ahead and get your Bible, your notebook, your pen, your highlighter, and let's get ready to dig into God's word. But before we do, let's begin with our Bible confession. So go ahead and grab your Bibles in your hand and repeat after me. This is my Bible. I believe every word. I am who it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do by hearing its word. And applying it by faith, it'll change my life. So I declare right now, from this day forward, that my life will never, ever, ever be the same again. And neither shall the life of anyone with whom I share this word. So I declare, I'm going to share this word with someone so that their life may be changed forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Precious God, Lord, we thank you today. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the moments of preaching. Father, I thank you, Lord, for every opportunity. Lord, to just gather around your throne of grace. Father God, Lord, to hear from heaven. And Father God, I thank you today. I Father, I thank you, Lord, that your word, Father God, Lord, goes forth. Father God, unhindered, unchecked. Father God, Lord, by any demonic force, Father God, Lord, by any technical demon. Father God, Lord, by my flesh. Father God, move me aside. Take my place, speak through me, speak for me. Father God, use me, Lord, as your chosen vessel. Father God, Lord, to res- to reveal revelation. Father God, insight, foresight. Father God, Lord, that your people may be changed, converted, Lord, into that which they see, hear, and understand. Father God, that we may become... Father God, that which you have desired for us from the beginning, that we would be, Father God, your change agents in the earth. Father God, that the earth would become what you have desired and designed it to be. Father God, an atmosphere, Father God, where your spirit dwells. Father God, Lord, that we bind every contrary spirit, every demonic force, any attempt of the enemy, Lord, to pervert, Father God, to to shift, Father God, Lord, to subvert. Father God, Lord, the plans, Father God, Lord, you have. And Father God, and we thank you, Lord, that we walk in your divine purpose for our lives. And we thank you, Lord, for it all. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. We give God glory today. Now, if you've been with us, you know that this is the year that God wants to restore the church to a place of greater influence and impact. And for the past few months, we've been talking about that process of restoration, and we've been dealing with all the things necessary in order to experience what God desires for us. Because when God talks about restoration, he's referring to the original state of his will for us prior to the fall of man, which was perfect. So we first got to get rid of that attitude of complacency, that desire to go backwards, and that's why we've been spending so much time dealing with restoring our minds, our will, our emotion, our speech, even our perspective, because one thing that is essential to the restorative or restoration process is that we must have some concept of the original condition or state of that, which is being restored. And I told you that there is actually something even more critical to the process Which is you must have a firm foundation because if the foundation is not secure, any attempt to build will be of no avail. It will be pointless. And there are spiritual materials necessary to secure our foundation. So we started talking about the foundational principles of the church. We began with the principle of kingdom identity. And on the last time, we talked about the principle of kingdom authority. Well, this morning we're going to dig a little deeper. So open your Bibles with me once again to the book of Matthew, chapter 16. Matthew, chapter 16. And we're going to begin reading once again at verse 13. It's our foundational scripture we've been using for this series. Matthew, chapter 16, beginning at verse 13. And here it reads, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? And they said, some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, but whom saith ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say, unto, say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Here we see that the church was established on Jesus's identity as the son of the living God. And why is that so significant? Because sons have the characteristics of the father. So the church was built upon the foundational principle that Jesus is who God is. And I told you in order to be restored to the place of greater influence and impact, that God intended, we must grasp these foundational principles. The fact that we are who he is. Watch this. He said, Upon this rock, the revelation that I, as a son of the living God, have the same characteristics of my father, I will build my church, my ecclesia, the called out, my governing agency, my representatives in the earth. So the church has been established on the foundational principles that as sons of the living God, we have the same characteristics as our father. See, God created us in his image and likeness to have dominion, to have influence and impact on the earth. And to make it like heaven, but in order to do so, we must understand these principles. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. Somebody type in the comments, we have the same identity and authority that Jesus has. Yeah, I said it. We have the same identity and authority that Jesus has. He goes on to say, and I will give you the keys to the kingdom. In other words, I'm going to show you how the king's domain operates. See, as a brand new king, and he's now given us. The ability to become kings, because you remember, he says to as many as believed on him, he gave the right to become sons. And as sons, we have the same characteristics as the father. And and you remember the Bible says that, you know, uh, those who received the grace He says, shall reign in life as kings." So as brand new kings, he's now going to give us the keys. He's going to give us the operating principles of the king's domain. He says, I'm going to give you the operating principles. I'm going to show you how the king's domain operates. Well, what are those operating principles? It's right there in the scripture. He said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So now that we understand our kingdom identity, now that we understand that we are part of the royal family, that we are kings and that we have the authority that we possess, that we have now been delegated authority as a king serving under the king and that we are royal part of the royal family. Remember, we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging unto God. We are sons seated at the right hand of the father in Christ. It's important that we understand how kings operate. What do you mean, pastor? Well, I told you we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And that means we're seated right next to God as part of the royal family. Well, what's the big deal, pastor? Well, it's important to note that in a kingdom, thrones or the place where royals are seated are not just large chairs. Oh, where are you going? They are considered symbols of power and authority. So when kings want something done, they never get off the throne. In other words, they never relinquish their position of authority. They don't toil. They don't sweat. They don't struggle. They simply issue a command and things begin to happen. Oh, let me help y'all see this. I'm telling you this, this is going to be good today. Go over to Job chapter 22. Job chapter 22, are oh, we starting to get to the parts that I, I've been itching to get to for the past few weeks? Job chapter 22, beginning at verse 20, 28, I'm telling you, I, I've been married. This, this, this revelation God gave me has been marinating in my spirit for over a month now, longer And I'm telling you, I get excited, more excited about it every day as he shows it to me. Job 22 and look at verse 28. Watch this. Here he says, thou shalt decree a thing and it shall be established unto thee. And the light shall shine upon thy ways. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I know y'all wonder what's going on. Holy Spirit just showed me something else even when I was looking at that verse right there. He said, thou shalt decree a thing. And it shall be established unto thee. Here, God offers insight as to how we as his cabinet members of the royal family were meant to operate. He says, thou shalt decree a thing and it shall be established unto thee. See, a decree is an official command issued by a legal governmental authority that cannot be denied. It's a formal authoritative order having the force of law, a legal or judicial decision. It means to command, ordain, decide, or determine. And as the church, the ecclesia, God's governing agency in the earth, we have been given the authority to do so. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning, how to operate in delegated authority. Because as the church, Jesus has given us the ability to determine what is lawful and unlawful in the earth. And the very throne of heaven backs us up. Oh, I need you to hear what I just said. As the church, the Ecclesia God's governing agency in the earth, Jesus has given us the ability to determine what is lawful and unlawful in the earth and the very throne of heaven backs us up. Oh, look, look look at what he just said. He said, thou shalt decree a thing and it shall be established Unto thee, he says. So, when you make a decree, when you make an official command, an authoritative order, a legal judicial decision, a command, when you decide, determine, or ordain something is lawful or unlawful, he said, it shall be established. But notice what he says. He says, and the light shall shine upon your ways. Notice he doesn't just say light shall shine upon you. He says the light. The Bible says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the light. The life. He says he is the light of the world. So. The light is going to shine upon thy ways. So that means Jesus is now going to get involved and back up my decree, my decision. Can I prove it to you? Heaven is going to get the very throne of heaven backs up my decision, my decree. Go to Psalm 81. Psalm 81. And look at verse 10. Psalm 81. Look at verse 10. I'm reading this to you from the Passion Translation. And look at what it says in verse 10. Here God says, I am your only God, the living God. Wasn't I the one who broke the strongholds over you and raised you up? Out of bondage. Open your mouth with a mighty decree. In other words, an authoritative decree. And I will fulfill it now. You'll see the words that you speak, so shall it be. Here God confirms the fact that we have the ability to wield the very power and resources of heaven with our words. As a matter of fact, Dr. Williams introduced this foundational principle of delegated authority during his message a couple weeks ago. He showed us in the book of Ezekiel where God said to him, son of man, can these bones live? And Ezekiel replied, sovereign Lord, You alone know. Then God said to him, prophesy to these bones. In other words, you have the ability to command, ordain, decide and determine whether or not these bones can live. Why? Because I have delegated that authority to you. He said, I have given you the keys to the kingdom. Now you have the ability to declare what is lawful and unlawful. See, the foundational principle of delegated authority is the key to it all. So if we're going to have the influence and impact that God intended, we must learn how to operate in delegated authority. Because as his cabinet, the authority we possess rests in the foundational principles of the kingdom. So we have to understand how they work. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, if Jesus is the king of kings, then we as his cabinet, as the king serving under him, must learn how to operate in the authority that the king has bestowed upon us as delegated authority. Let me break it down for you. One of our leaders, brother Michael, is a deputy sheriff in the county of Amherst. And by being a deputy in the county of Amherst, he carries the same authority as the sheriff of the county of Amherst. Who is the sheriff of sheriffs and an elected official. Now watch this. When Michael pulls somebody over, he does not have to call and ask the sheriff to tell them they have the right to remain silent. He doesn't have to ask the sheriff. Um, sheriff, can you tell them to get on the ground? Can you tell them to put their hands up? He doesn't have to do that. Why? Because he has the same authority that the sheriff has. So all he has to do is issue the command and his commands are backed up by the sheriff who delegated his authority when he deputized him. See, but we are asking God to do something that God has already delegated us to do. Let me show you what I'm talking about. When the children of Israel came out of Egypt and they were pressed against the Red Sea, Pharaoh and his army were behind them. They cried out to God and God basically said in Pastor Tucker's hood translation, what are you crying to me for? I've already given you what you need. I've already delegated the authority to you. Stretch out your hand. And that's why it's so important that we understand how to operate in, king, in delegated authority. Because the Bible says he's given us all things necessary for life and godliness. He's already given us everything we need to be just like him. And I told you, kings never get off the throne or relinquish their position of authority. Because when a king wants something done, he simply issues a decree. The problem is, we as the church don't understand that concept. Now, I know some of you are thinking, well, what do you mean, pastor? I, I say confessions all the time. Well, watch this. I was talking to someone the other day, one of our faithful partners, and I said something to them about who we are in Christ. And she said, I confess that over my life every day. And I said to her, why? She said, huh? And I said, why are you confessing that over your life? Then she said, um, and I could tell at that point she was confused. So I asked her, do you confess your name every day? And she said, no. And I said, that's because you don't confess what you already know. You simply declare it. Or some of y'all just caught it. She was like, oh, see the purpose of confession is to resolve the conflict between your conscious and your subconscious mind. What you say you believe and what you really believe. Because we know that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So you keep saying what the word says about you so that you can convince yourself that you believe what it says. And that's why meditation and confession are so important. See, when you read the word, you begin to proclaim what God said. Then you confess it so that you can get it in your spirit and you can believe it. But when you decree a thing, a decree is not confessing. Decreeing is not proclaiming. Decreeing is making a command. It's issuing an order. A decree is something that has become law simply because it came out of your mouth because you recognize your authority. The Bible says, I believe, therefore I speak. See, instead of me trying to believe what I preach, I preach what I believe. See, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. See, I confess the word so that I can now get it to become ingrained in my heart and become part of my belief system. But then out of the authority that dwells in me, I now decree and now my words are now anointed with power. As a matter of fact, go over to Isaiah chapter 55. Oh, I'm trying to tell you this is about to take you somewhere different. See, as the church, we've never graduated from just simply confessing. We're still trying to get to the place where we believe the things we read. We believe the things we hear, where we believe the things God said. You got to get past the point of trying to believe to the point that you're walking in it. Because that's where the power is. Oh, I'm trying to help somebody today. Isaiah chapter 55 and look at verse eight here. God backs me up. He tells me that this has been our issue from the start. God said, you don't understand the foundational principles. You've not grasped these simple principles. And that's where the issue has come. And God said, that's where the problem is. Look at verse eight. He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways. My ways says the Lord. He says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall it be. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. It shall prosper in the thing which I sent it. See, anybody who understands anything about biblical language, that word shall is a command. He says, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. He said, I command the words that go out of my mouth. Not to return to me void. I command them to accomplish what I please. I command them to prosper. He said, see, that that's, that's, that's an act of authority. He said, because I'm not just saying something. I'm issuing a formal decree from a place of authority as a king. That when I say something, it is now law. See here, God tells us that the reason we're not having the impact and influence that he intended is because we don't understand our delegated authority. Because even though we were created in his image and likeness to have dominion, our thoughts are not his thoughts and our ways are not his ways. He said like the rain comes down and does not come back without producing. So are his words. Because he doesn't say anything without the expectation of results. And as the church, his cabinet, we should operate the same way. But instead, we look and say, well, I said it, but I don't see it. See, that's a problem. Because a king does not look for results. What do you mean, pastor? See, when a king says something. At the moment, at that moment, he considers it done because when you truly walk in authority, you have an expectation that things operate and respond a certain way and you don't need to see evidence of it. You just know, oh, can I prove it to you? Go over to Matthew chapter eight, Matthew chapter eight. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm trying to shake up your world today. I'm trying to shake up your world so that you can shake up the world. See, because if you get this in your spirit, you're going to start impacting things the way God intended for you to. Your entire environment will be different. Your household will be different. Your job will be different. The supermarket will be different when you walk in. The gas station will be different when you walk in. The restaurant will be different when you walk in because you have the power to change it. Matthew eight, look at verse five here. He says, now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. But only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go and he goes. And to another, come and he comes. And to my servant, do this and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. And said to those who followed, Assuredly I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. See, he understood the concept of delegated authority. He said, I'm a man under authority, having those in authority under me. He said, I'm a man under authority. I am submitted to authority and have had authority delegated to me, and I have delegated authority to those under me. He said, I understand how it works. He said, when I issue a command, I don't have to go and check after them. Because I understand how authority works. He said, when I say something, I consider it done. Because when I say it, people who are subject to me go into motion to make it happen. I don't have to follow up. The same way that when my master says something to me, I don't, he doesn't have to follow up with me. So if you're still saying something and waiting to see if it took place. If you're still looking for results, then you don't understand your authority. Watch this. See, as a parent. When my kids were growing up. If I left home going to work or wherever and told them to make sure that they clean their room before I got home, I did not come home to check their room. Why? Because I knew the authority that I possessed and I knew when I said it that immediately my words took priority in their life over anything they wanted to do, anything they felt like doing. They immediately went to work to produce what my words had put in motion. See, when you understand your your, your authority, you don't have to look for results because you know that your words are already producing. Oh, watch this. Blow your mind. I remember my oldest daughter, Kaya, her sophomore year in college. We were moving her into her dorm room. And I had one of the young guys from church with me. It was me, my oldest daughter, my youngest daughter, and one of the young guys from church. And we had just moved all our stuff in the dorm. And after that, we were going to the dollar store up the block to go get some few things that she had forgotten. You know, shower curtain, trash can, cleaning supplies, what have you. Miscellaneous, odds and ends. And so we're in the dollar store and Kai's shopping around. And so we're making our way up to the front. And right as we're getting up into the line, the sky cracks open. And it starts pouring down. When I say pouring, Noah might have been building an ark outside. I'm talking pouring. Solid sheet of water. look like a waterfall. First person opened the door, went outside. All you could see was a solid sheet of water. They stepped outside. Immediately they drenched. They trying to run. They just drenched immediately when they walked outside. The young man behind me, I heard him say, oh, man, we're going to get soaked. I just kind of turned and looked at him and I said, I declare by the time we get outside, there won't be a drop of water. And I just turned back. There are about four or five people in front of us. So the next person rings up, goes out, open the door. Whoosh. There's a wave going. Next person rings up, walks out. Whoosh. Now, we're not in the grocery store. We're in the dollar store. So they don't have a lot of stuff. So, it doesn't take us long to move up. So, we're moving up. Next person, open the door. Whoosh. Next person, whoosh. Continue. We just keep moving up. We're sliding our stuff up on the counter. So, finally, it gets to us. My daughter's handing her the stuff. We're ringing up all the stuff. So, I get ready to pay the lady. I'm in the front. And so, I pay the lady get our stuff. We grab the bags. I start walking to the door. I'm not even looking out at the door. I got the bags. We get to the door. I push the door open and I look back at the young man and I stick my hand out and not a drop of water hit my hand. His eyes got about as big as softballs. His mouth just fell open. He was stunned. We walked out, not a drop of water. We get in the car, we go back, carry the rest of the stuff in my daughter's room, set that up. We get in the car, we leave, we're on the way back up the road. He doesn't say a word. I hear him mumble to my daughter when we first walked out. Say he's like, how'd he do that? And my daughter just goes, he does that all the time. See, because we would go on vacation and we'll go to Florida and I'll look at the, the the weather report. And the weather report will say it's gonna rain all week, and I say the devil is a liar. And we'll just continue to pray, and I'll keep watching the the rain keep moving out until the day that we get there. Until finally, by the time we get there, the weather, the rain has moved all the way out until the day after we left. And we don't see a drop of rain all week. And so when I heard him say that, I said to him, I said, well, the Bible says Elijah was a man just like us. And he prayed that it wouldn't rain for three and a half years. I said, so if he can handle three and a half years, I know I can handle 30 minutes. So the whole way back up the road. He's just quiet. He's kind of whispering back and forth with my daughter, but he's not saying anything to me. He's just in shock. And by the time we get home, you know, he's, he's kind of been holding his head a little bit. So we get ready to get out of the car, and I said, what's wrong? And he said, my sinuses have been bothering me. And so I put my hand on his head, and I said, I declare by the time you wake up in the morning, your sinuses will be clear, you're no more pain. And so he gets out the car. And the next morning he wakes up and his sinuses are no longer hurting him. And he wakes his brother up and he's like, man, Pastor said my my sinuses my sinuses. He just messed up. See, when we start operating like this, the world will desire what we have. You'll be able to walk on your job And things are not going well. And declare, I decree peace in this place. When they start talking about layoffs, you can declare, I decree no one will be laid off at this location. See, you should know that you have that ability. Why? Because you have been delegated with authority direct from the throne of heaven. And the king himself said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. See, the Bible says he watches over his words. So as his ecclesia, his cabinet, his governing body in the earth, when we speak, we should speak as oracles of God. As if God himself were speaking. We ought to say what he said and say it with the same confidence and conviction that he has, knowing that our words will not return to us void because that's when we're really going to see the power of God manifested. See, when we get to that place, that is going to put us in a whole nother stratosphere where we have the ability To shift the entire environment of this planet. Because his desire is that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we were put here to colonize this planet. See, we were not supposed to be impacted by the environment. By the world. The world should be impacted by us. And anything that we see out of order. Anything that we see that's not right. We have the authority to declare it as unlawful. If they're teaching stuff in the school system that's not right. You have a right to decree. I decree it will not be taught in this locality. And decree what is supposed to take place. Because that's why we were given delegated authority. But you got to know how to operate in it. He said, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. He said, I'm going to show you how to operate in this. But it's our job to walk in it. God bless you today. I'm telling you, if you grasp these revelations, if you get these foundational principles in your spirit. We're going to start to see change in the world around us because we're going to start operating the way we should. The Bible says the world is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. They're waiting to see us take our rightful place. And to operate as God created us to. And God wants to restore us to that place. Where we have the influence. And we have the impact. If you're listening to this today and you're like, man, this is amazing. I I wish I had that. God said it's not hard. God said "That's that's my desire for you. I want you to have that. But the first step is submitting Unto the authority because he can't delegate authority without you being submitted to the authority. Remember, the centurion said, I am a man under authority, having those in authority under me. See, the key walking in delegated authority is being submitted to the authority above you. You've got to be willing to make Jesus your Lord, not just your Savior. See, the day of looking for fire insurance or a safety net is over. See, you can't have him to be your savior and not be your Lord. It's a package deal. You've got to desire what he desires for you. God said that none would perish, but all would come to repentance. He wants you to be saved. But the price is lordship. you got to be willing to give him your life. And if you desire that today, pray this prayer with me. Precious God, come into my heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I believe that Jesus died for me. And I want to make him Lord of my life. I give him permission to make my every decision. I submit my will, my life, my every decision to him. Lead me. Be the authority over my life. Show me how to live for you. Be my father. Make me your child. And if you prayed that prayer, you're now a part of the body of Christ, a family of believers, and nothing anybody can do to stop you. The next step in your journey is to find a Bible-teaching, Bible-believing church that will teach you who you really are, teach you about your kingdom identity. Let you know what it means to be a part of the royal family. Show you what you're entitled to, the authority that you have, and show you how to operate and walk in it. And if you're desiring that today, if you're praying that today, we would love to have you a part of my church. Just go to our website, www.lovemychurch.org. Click Contact Us. Fill out a connection card. And let us know you received Christ today. Let us know you want more information about our ministries. One of our ministers will contact you, give you some next steps, give you some information to help you on your walk. We would love to have you be a part of our ministry. We would love to help you walk this thing out. We're a virtual ministry, but all of our ministries are available online. We have people who can connect with you virtually to help you walk this thing out and become the best you can be in Christ. Secondly, if you've been blessed by this ministry and you want to help us continue to spread the gospel all around the world, because that's our mandate. We have the gospel, all of this word available on just about every platform possible. Click the donate button, sow a financial seed. You can use Cash App, Dollar Sign my Church Lynchburg, PayPal.me forward slash my church Lynchburg, or you can use the Givlify app. But whatever you do, just know that your gifts, your tithe, your offering, your seed will go towards spreading the gospel all around the world. Helping the world prepare, become equipped to prepare for Jesus' return. That's our assignment, is equipping the body. We want to help you get better by teaching you how the word works. That's what we do. And we make the word available on just about every platform possible. And that's not a small task. So, if you desire to help us do that, sow a financial seed. Let God speak to your heart. But whatever you do, share this word with somebody. Let somebody know about the My Church channel. You can watch us on Roku, Firestick, Apple TV, on your Android or Apple device, your smartphone, your tablet, or you can watch us on the web. You can listen to replays on all of your favorite podcast platforms. But trust me, our job is to make sure that this word is available to help you change somebody else's life. But make sure you share it with at least three people. Let somebody know how they can connect with my church, how they can get this word. God bless you today. We love you. Stay tuned for our announcements. I'm Pastor Tuck, and I'll see you again next time on The Word at My Church. God bless you. We love you. See you again. At My Church, we help people get better by teaching them how the Word works. And we want to make sure there is no excuse not to get the Word. It's our goal to make all of our ministries accessible on every smartphone, tablet, PC, and television connected to the Internet. So whether you're a man who needs some wisdom, a woman who needs some encouragement, or a couple who needs guidance, the My Church channel has just what you need. Simply search for the My Church channel on Roku, Firestick, or Apple TV, or visit mychurchchannel.org. You can also download the My Church on the Go app from Apple or Google Play App Store. Constantly on the move? Check out the Word at My Church podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Or simply download the Word at My Church skill on your Alexa enabled device. But whatever you do, make sure to stay connected. See you soon.